Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is March 16th. Today we're going to continue with this week's Come Follow Me block and we're going to just talk about one more little thing with yokes and then we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 12. Yesterday I said that there were two types of yoke and that we'd talk about both of them, but then we ran out of time to talk about the second kind of yoke. So we're going to talk about that today and what it can teach us as we yoke ourselves with the Savior. Here in this scripture, the Savior invites everyone who labors and is heavy laden to come unto him and to receive his rest through his yoke. Now, what's fascinating about this is, have you ever seen anyone carrying two really big, heavy things? Oftentimes we see it when someone is carrying two big things of water. They'll place those things of water on a pole or a rod, and they'll use that to help carry the water along. Now, I always thought that this was interesting. That pole used to carry and balance the load is called a yoke. And I always thought it was interesting. I would see that and I would think, well, that can't be more comfortable than just carrying the two pails, one in each hand. I couldn't understand why that helped them until I realized that it was all about balance. Using this type of yoke to carry two heavy things, the laborer or the person who is heavy laden is able to use that yoke to balance each side equally. So I love this idea when it comes to the thought of being heavy laden or burdened. The idea of having trials or difficulties or hardships. I love the idea of being able to take the Savior's yoke upon us and be able to find balance in our lives because of it. Oftentimes when we're going through something difficult, we can feel so off kilter, so out of balance. But what this tells me is that as we search out the Savior, as we turn to him in these hard times as we yoke ourselves to him through making and keeping and holding tight to our covenants, we can find balance even in the hard things in life. In fact, even more evidence of that sometimes in those scales, you know, those old time scales where you've got two bowls and then there's a bar on top of the scale and it kind of helps you see where the balance is. Sometimes that bar on top of the scale is called a yoke as well. Sometimes turning to the Savior taking his yoke upon us, it doesn't necessarily remove our trials. It doesn't necessarily remove our difficulties. But as we turn to him, as we yoke ourselves with him, we can find greater balance amid the trials of life. Now, keep in mind the things that we've studied the last couple days and how President Nelson has taught us that taking that yoke upon us has everything to do with our covenants. And listen to what Elder Ballard said. He says, As most of you know, coping with the complex and diverse challenges of everyday life, which is not an easy task, can upset the balance and harmony we seek. Many good people who care a great deal are trying very hard to maintain balance, but they sometimes feel overwhelmed and defeated. A periodic review of the covenants we have made with the Lord will help us with our priorities and with balance in our lives. And President Benson once taught that when we put God first, all other things fall into their proper place or drop out of our lives. My friends, it's that focus on the Savior. It's turning to the Savior. It's making and keeping our sacred covenants that allow for our burdens to be made light and our trials to be made not necessarily easy, but absolutely pleasing. But even understanding that Greek word pleasing there, that it's not easy, but it's pleasing, can be a little bit confusing. Even when we focus on the Savior, how could those hard things in our lives be pleasing? There's a story that's been told about the pioneers in Pioneer, Utah. And 
It was several years after the saints had arrived in the Utah Valley, and many of the saints began to criticize the church leaders for decisions that were made that ultimately led to the Martin and Hancock Company disaster, the many saints who died on that trip. And for a while, all these saints were talking back and forth and criticizing leaders. And finally, an old man in the back of the room stood up and started to speak and got upset with the people for being critical. He said that he was part of the Martin Handcart Company. And then he said, the price we paid to become acquainted with God was a privilege to pay. My friends, it can be similar in our lives when in our trials, we yoke ourselves with the Savior. Going through difficult things alone can lead us to become bitter or angry or exhausted. It can lead to all sorts of things. But going through hard things yoked with Christ can be pleasing because it is an opportunity to come to know God and an opportunity to come to know the Savior and to see their love and their great mercy on us. So no, the burden doesn't go away. No, it doesn't necessarily become easy, but it can be pleasing as we feel the closeness of our Savior. All right, so let's jump into Matthew chapter 12. Now, at the beginning of Matthew chapter 12, Jesus and his disciples are walking on the Sabbath day and they're going through a cornfield and the disciples were hungry and they began to pluck the ears of corn and they began to eat. Now, that may sound bad, but it was part of the law of Moses that they were allowed to do that. There was a stipulation in the law of Moses that when you were famished or hungry and you were going through a cornfield, you were allowed to eat what was in the cornfield. What's interesting was that law had a stopping place. You weren't allowed to use a sickle and they weren't allowed to carry away the fruit of the field that they had harvested. Now, Luke actually adds an extra detail that says that they would pluck the grain and that they would rub out the kernels between their hands. And so immediately the Pharisees see this And they tell Christ that the disciples are breaking the law of Moses because they were harvesting the corn and then rubbing the grain in their hands. They were threshing the grain and allowing the chaff to blow away. They were winnowing. So they were getting really specific and really into details here. Now, before we get into the specifics of the Sabbath day and the teachings that the Savior is going to give us here, I want to finish up today by talking just a little bit about a principle that we can learn from the Pharisees here. Now, it's interesting because Pharisees get a really bad rap. And obviously so. I mean, the Savior calls them to repentance. They sound like really, really bad guys. To be fair, these were people who had great faith in their religion and were trying to live it the best way they understood. Now, we talked previously at the beginning of the year about why the Pharisees were spoken out against by the Savior. And we talked about how they had made the law all about the action and had removed the meaning from it. Meaning, the law of Moses, everything in the law of Moses was supposed to point to the Savior. And yet they made it so much about the action that they had lost sight of the why. They had lost sight of the Savior in those commandments. But we have a tendency sometimes to look at these quote-unquote villains in the scriptures and to think, oh no, they're so, so bad, and I'm so, so good, so I'm nothing like these people. When sometimes we do act a little bit more like these quote-unquote villains than we do like the heroes. Sometimes I'm a little bit more Laman and Lemuel than I am like Nephi. Sometimes I complain too much. Sometimes we are a little bit too much like the Pharisees when we get so caught up in what other people are doing, so caught up in our judgments of other people that we ironically commit a greater sin 
in forgetting the Savior's second commandment to love them. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the commandments. I strive to follow the commandments. But where it starts to get tricky is when we are using those commandments to judge the actions of other people and therefore judge other people as good or bad. When we do that, we are overlooking the greater commandment that the Savior has given us to love, to offer grace, to offer mercy, and to be charitable. Elder Marvin J. Ashton once taught, real charity is not something you give away. It is something that you acquire and make part of yourself. When the virtue of charity becomes implanted in your heart, you are never the same again. Perhaps the greatest charity comes when we are kind to each other, when we don't judge or categorize someone else, when we simply give each other the benefit of the doubt or remain quiet. Charity is accepting someone's differences, weaknesses, and shortcomings, or having patience with someone who has let us down. My friends, it's my testimony that the burdens that we experience can be better balanced as we turn to the Savior, even if we struggle with this burden of looking to others to judge. It's my testimony that the greatest commandment that God has given us is to look to Him and to love Him first, but secondly, and not that far distant, is to look upon His children and love them, give them charity, give them grace, and offer them the mercy that we hope to receive. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.